You are our good, good Father. We worship you this morning. Lord, we approach your word today humbly. We approach it with a sense of reverence and honor. We thank you for speaking to us through the book and through the spirit of the living God. We pray that our hearts would be strengthened, our eyes would be enlightened. And Lord, that when we leave this place, we will know exactly what to do with stress. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We are doing a series called Stress-Free Living. And the first C that we looked at that will enable us to live stress-free is found in Psalms 55, verse 22. This is ground that we've covered already. But notice with me in Psalms 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your burden upon the Lord. And what will He do? He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will protect you. You know, without His sustaining power, we'd never make it. But thank God we have His sustaining power. I encourage you to look at Psalms 91 from time to time because I believe that Psalms 91 is the psalm of the sustained. He says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my God and you I trust. Because I've set my love upon me, him, he delivers me. Hallelujah. He's with me in trouble. And no evil's going to befall you because you are sustained by him. So don't go through life all bummed out and weighed down and burdened down by things that are not going to make any difference a thousand years from now. Cast your care. Cast your care. Over on him. And he will sustain you. And not only that, but he's going to take you all the way to the finish line. Now we're in a race, right? And without his sustaining power, we'll never be able to, first of all, run the race, much less finish the race. And so let us be sustained by the principle of giving our all to him and casting our burdens on him. Now, number two, we looked at last week. The second C to stress-free living is come to him and commune with him. In Matthew chapter 11, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to give you rest, and I'm going to bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And so as we sit at his feet And refuse to be distracted like Martha was distracted. But as we sit at his feet and learn of him, his gracious words will be deposited on the inside of us. And his peace will rise up and we will experience a peace that this world knows nothing about. Now what we want to look at today is the third C. And the third C to stress-free living is close the door On all trigger points of stress in your life. Everyone say, I'm going to close the door on all triggers of stress. You see, getting stress out of our life and keeping it out of our lives takes more than just prayer. We must take action to make the changes and stop doing whatever that's causing the stress. Is that right? 
And so the seven top stressors in life are, number one, some people are stressed out on the job. Number two, people are stressed because of money or because of the lack of it. How many of you know that debt can bring stress? And I got kind of a cute word for you last night. And I want you to look at it with me in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 30. You know, here's some things that Jesus said about doing things with things that bring uh, trouble into our lives. He says, cast them out and cut them off. But in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 30th verse says, If thy right hand offends you, do what? And cast it from thee. Well, here's what I saw last night. If thy credit card offends you, (laughs) cut it up and cast it far from you. Amen. If you can't pay for it, you don't need it. You just don't need it. And you don't have to keep up with anybody. The main thing is keep up with Jesus. And if you keep up with Jesus and you do those things that are pleasing in his side, he'll see to it that you have your needs met. Now, another area that can bring stress into people's lives is health. You know, uh, people sometimes get attacked with physical ailments and disease. And so, therefore, it is extremely important that we stay full of the word concerning divine healing scriptures. You see, God's word is life to those that find them. And God's word is health to all their flesh. Literally, the Bible says that God's word is medicine. It does not say that God's word is like medicine, but God's word is literally medicinal. Hallelujah. To all your flesh. Isn't that awesome? And so don't get bummed out, you know, and don't get stressed out because you got a bad report from the doctor. It ain't over yet. And you and I, we have the final say because we're saying what's already been settled in heaven and we're simply establishing it here on earth and we are calling those things that be not as though they were until they are. Say with me, I'm calling my body strong. I'm calling my body healed. In Jesus' name. Now, another area that can create stress, top seven. Number four is relationships relationships you know there are some relationships you just need to cut off there are some relationships you just need to close the door on because if you look at the history of that relationship you will discover that that relationship has brought more trouble into your life than's worth it now i'm not talking about getting rid of your husband or getting rid of your wife In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 in the Amplified Version, it says this. Do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion and associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. I mean, the truth of the matter is some people add stress to your life with their issues. And so we need to use wisdom for who we allow into our lives. Now, complainers and whiners and negative people can affect you in a negative way. And that's why he said in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that we are to protect our spirit with all diligence, for out of our heart flow the issues of life. Now, I had to learn this way back in the 70s. You know my testimony came off of drugs. 
I actually went 100 miles away from the Twin City area to go through treatment. It was a lot tamer. It was a lot calmer there. And the temptation was a lot less there. But once I got out of treatment and I checked out, I went back into the Twin City area. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I could not look up my old cronies. I knew that I knew that I knew that I should not pick up that phone and call Jimmy. I knew that I knew that I needed to stay away from certain areas and from certain neighborhoods because I knew the temptation would knock on the door. Somebody says, well, you know, pastor, that doesn't apply to me. I'm strong. You're not as strong as you think. Now, I know the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong, but it also says he that thinketh. He that thinketh he's above it all, take heed lest he fall. And so in our relationships, man, you've got to really, really watch who you let into your life. And you better be watching who you allow on your Facebook page. I mean, there's some real, come on, there's some real losers out there. There's some people that are trying to rip your identification off. And so we need to then be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Say good preaching, Pastor. Good preaching. Now, number five is a poor diet. And I promise I'm not going to meddle with you because I need to work on mine. But, you know, it is true. The kind of fuel you put in your body will be what will show up outside of your body. Everyone say garbage in in. and garbage out. Well, pastor, yeah, I know that, but I know that, but I'm just going to believe God. But God may be leading you to change some things concerning your diet. And if you don't do what he's instructed you to do, then you can confess all day long by his stripes I'm healed. But until you make the adjustments that are necessary to make, I think I'm preaching okay right now. Amen. So eat well. And then number six, and we talked about this last week, people are just overly connected. There's media overload. There's so many uh, things vibing for your attention. But oh, one thing is needful. And then seventh and last is a lack of sleep. How many of you just really enjoy a good night's rest? Does he or does he not give his beloved sleep? I mean, isn't it good to lay down at night and put your head on the pillow and say, Lord Jesus, good night. And just go into a deep sleep. I mean, deep REM, whatever that is. You're just sleeping good and you're sleeping well and you're refreshed. But somebody says, well, now, Pastor Mark, I, you know, I'm an intercessor. I need to stay up all night and pray for all, all these backslidden people in the world and all. no. The harvest isn't on your shoulders. No, go to sleep, get up in the morning, and hit it again. Amen. And so then, all I'm saying to you is close the doors on anything that brings stress into your life. Take a look at some of these things and ask yourself, are there any adjustments that I can make to get rid of stress? Amen. One good way to get rid of stress is exercise. Somebody says, oh, no, you do. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. 
Exercise. Get your body moving. You know, join a Zumba class. You know, walk around the block. Amen. You know, I get exercise right here at church sometimes. I mean, we had a meeting with somebody the other day, and I've got a conference room right next to my office, and I got so happy I started running around the conference table. I did three laps. And don't wait until you can run a marathon to walk around the block. Get started right where you are at. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, if you would, please. Hebrews 12, 1 says this. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside what kind of weights? Every weight. The Amplified says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight. Now, this is not necessarily talking about sin. These are, this is talking about the things that weigh you down. Something that weighs you down can bring a great deal of stress in your life. And so what he instructs us to do is to lay it aside and to get rid of it and to refuse to yield to the weights of this world. You see, God has designed you and I to soar like eagles. He never designed us to be all burdened down and bummed out and weighed down with the stresses of this life. Say it with me in Jesus' name. I'm laying aside every weight. And the Lord gave me a few weights that would be good to lay aside for all of us. The weight of, number one, the weight of, lay aside the weight of rejection. How many of you know that trying to please people and get their approval can be exhausting and extremely stressful? The fact of the matter is, is you do not have to work to be accepted. In Christ Jesus, you are already loved. You are already highly favored. You are already accepted in the beloved. There are no rejects in the kingdom of God. And if people don't accept you, that's just their problem. Because you are somebody. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are a king's kid. You are a child of God. So don't waste your time and be stressed out trying to get the approval of someone. Who are they? They're not God. Now the other side of the coin is this. We should do our very best to love humanity, and we, we need to do that. But I find this, that if we will put pleasing him over pleasing people, that will put you in a position to live a stress-free life. Come on, say it with me. I put you over all in Jesus' name. Now, here's another one. The weight of guilt and condemnation of the past, the weight up, laid aside. Joyce Meyer said this. She said, no matter what has happened to you in the past or what is going on in your life right now, it has no power to keep you from having an amazingly good future. I want to prophesy to you today. You have an amazing God <coughs> and you have an amazingly bright future. Hallelujah. So don't be weighed down by your past. Somebody says, well, I, I've missed it so many times, but it's a new day. That's right. 
You're a new creation. You can learn to let the life of God on the inside of you rise up and overcome the evil with the goodness of God in your life, can't you? So lay aside. You've got an amazingly bright future. And then here's another one. The weight of being overcommitted. The weight of overcommitment. Interesting. You know, we live in an age where volunteerism is at a very high level. But you know what? You've got to be led by the Spirit of God where you hook with. You've got to be led concerning uh, the things that you get involved in. Listen to this statement John Maxwell said. He said, learn to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. Now say that with me. I will learn to say no to the good so I can say yes to the best. Amen. So there is such a thing in our lives of unauthorized expenditures. What is an unauthorized expenditure? Well, number one, if it's not authorized by God, and it's not being led by God, and he's not leading in that path, we have not been authorized to do it. Now, this is not only in the area of your money, but how many of you know it's also in the area of your time? There's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many days in a week. There's only so many months in a year. Is that right? And there's only so many years in your life. I want you to know that the clock is ticking. Now, I am 65 years old, and I plan on living a long, long, long time, and I still have thousands of days left, but I've discovered this, that I am on a budget of my time. I am on a budget of my energy. I have to steward my time and steward my energy, not only, not to the good things, but to the best things and the God things in my life. And you would do well to do the same thing, because you see... The enemy walks about as a roaring lion. And he wants to devour your time. He wants to devour your energy through unauthorized things. But look at your neighbor and say, not you. Not you. you, And not me. Why is that, Pastor? Say it with me, because I'm led by the Spirit of the living God. Laying aside the weights, closing every door. The next C we want to look at today is choose to think on his word. Choose to think on his word. Uh, The greatest weapon, I believe, against stress is your ability to choose one thought over another. I'm going to say that again. A great weapon against stress in our lives is our ability to choose one thought over another thought. You have the power to choose what you're going to think on. Now the devil knows what you've yielded to in the past, so that's what he's going to try to hammer you with. But if you will discipline yourself just to not pay attention to that and choose God's thoughts and replace the enemy's thoughts with God's thoughts, sooner or later, those attacks of the enemy that come to your soul will subside. Why? Because he sees that you're no longer afraid of it, and he sees that you're no longer yielding to it. 
In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, if you'd please pull that up there, that would be good. This gives us God's list. This tells us what we are to think on and what we are to meditate on. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, in verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are uh, of any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? There's only one thing that meets all of that in the list, and it is the Word of God. You see, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In Joshua, he says that we are to let the Word of God not depart from our eyes. We are to speak it day and night, that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And when we do that, we will make our way prosperous and we will have good success. Now quickly turn over to Isaiah chapter 55. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, this is good food. Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. I like the NLT. It says it this way. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And so we understand then that God gave us his word that we may think and believe and speak in line with the word of God. What do you say we leave the lowlands of carnal thinking and rise up in the city of our soul and think the thoughts of God and be spiritually minded? Now scripture just popped out at me. In Romans 8, 6, it says, for to be carnally minded is what? Is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Romans 8, 6, for to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it make a difference what you think on? Does it make a difference what you set your mind upon? What you open your spirit to... What you behold is what you will become. And so it pays great dividends for us to behold him, to behold his word. And as we do, we are hooking up our mind with what's in our spirit. And if you've been placing God's word in your spirit, your mind then becomes connected to your spirit. Here's what happens. It produces only life. And it produces peace. That, my friends, is stress-free living. Say it with me. For to be carnally minded produces death. But I am spiritually minded. And it will always produce life and peace in my soul. Oh, I like that, don't you? And so the last seed that we're going to look at in our series, and this will conclude our series... Number one, we've cast our burden on the Lord, right? Number two, we've come unto Him. Number three, we've closed all the doors. Number four, we're choosing to think the thoughts of God. And we're going to spend a little bit more time with this one. The last one is to confess. Here's what you and I are to confess. Once you've done all those things, 
We are to confess, thank God I don't have a care. I don't have a care. Well, Pastor, where'd they go? They're over in his hands. If he's got them, you ain't got them. And if you ain't got them, you care free. So you need to verbalize that, though. Say this with me real, real strong. I am carefree. I don't have a care. Now, if you will build that thinking and speaking into your life, it will really change your life. Here's what I found out about speaking God's word. Even when everything is going right, even when the wind is blowing softly and the sun is shining brightly like it is today in the Bay Area, isn't a beautiful day? I'm not going to keep you here all day, by the way. But it's just awesome when you can live a carefree life. And that you don't have to give place to the cares and concerns that the enemy brings to you anymore. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified Version. Are you getting anything today? Yes. What about the rest of you? Yes. Look at this, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but He's given us a spirit of power. Now notice this, of love. And this is speaking of your soul. He's given you a calm and well-balanced mind of discipline and self-control. I'm calm. I'm well-balanced. My life is at ease because I've taken His yoke upon me. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I'm going to give you some exercises in the Word here today for a few moments. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the Amplified Version. It is the will of God for us to run our race and to finish our course, is it not? And at the end, when we go to the finish line and we go on to be with the Lord, at the end of our lives, it is the will of God for you to be whole in every area. And here's what Paul prays for the church at Thessalonica. The King James Version says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body would be preserved blameless until the Lord returns. Amen. Now, what this is literally saying is this. You and your spirit can be soul, whole. Your soul can be whole. And your body can be whole. In other words, you can be kept intact until he returns. That's the will of God. And when your soul is kept intact, it's not filled with fear and anxiety. I'm talking about soul peace. I love that where he starts that verse out, and the very God of peace. The word peace there means shalom. And the word shalom means nothing missing or nothing broken. So the very God of shalom is going to keep you. And this is a prayer that I pray for you on a regular basis. I just hold up the congregation, Brenda and I do, and Lord, we pray that the God of peace would sanctify these people, your people. Keep them away from things that would bring brokenness in their lives. Keep them whole. Mend them, Lord, and may they finish their course with joy. Come on, somebody, say amen. But here's the premise that we're going to deal with. Knowing 
how your good, good father. How many of you like that song, good, good father? Knowing how your good, good father sees you and confessing who you are in Christ is a major key to living a stress-free life. Now, over 18 times in the Bible, Jesus said, I am. Now, I'm going to ask for your participation. What did Jesus say, I am? Help me. I am the way. Way in the back. I didn't hear that. I am Alpha and Omega. Come on, think, guys. I am what? I am the way. I am what? I'm hearing several things at once. Let me help you out. I'm truth and life. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd of the sheep. How about this one? I am the resurrection and I am the life. Now, the question I have for you, did Jesus have an identity crisis? He didn't. He knew why he was born. He set his heart toward what God had called him to do. And he did not have to go to anyone and ask him who he is or who he was. You know, and this is, this is kind of a sad thing. But did you know you can be born again and even spirit-filled like Brenda said? I mean, full of the Holy Ghost and not know who you are? And have an identity crisis? And search here and search there? Well, you know, Pastor, I've, I've just got I've to do some traveling. Okay, great. Why? Because I've got to find out who I am. Well, I've got your answer right here. If you're born again, this is who you are. Now, I don't mean that wrong. Traveling is fine and different things are fine. But at the end of the day, we need to realize who we are in Christ and whose we are. When I got to be about 50 years old, I started saying, thank God I'm having a midlife revival. As opposed to a midlife crisis. How about you, Richard? You're having a midlife revival, aren't you? Glory to God. A midlife revival. I don't need to have gold chains. I don't need to dye my hair. I don't need to get a Corvette that I can't fit into. I don't need to get a leisure suit. I don't need to wear white shoes. Hallelujah. I am what I am by the grace of Almighty God. I'm in revival. Don't, don't buy into that junk. You know, a, a famous uh, phrase that, that pastors use and ministers use, well, I'm just burning out. Well, why are you burning out? Who are you yoked with? Who are you hooked with? You yoke with Jesus, you hook with Jesus, and you please Him. You're not going to burn out. You're going to burn on. The old timers, you say, well, I mean, they're going to burn out or rust out. You don't have to do either one. You can burn on and you can be fresh and you can stay full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I, I just need a break from life. Sorry. There are no breaks from life in that regard. The break you need is a breakthrough of revelation knowledge in your spirit. Come on. The breakthrough of who you are and whose you are and what you, oh, hallelujah, what you can do and what you have in Christ Jesus. 
Can I get somebody just at least trot with me today? Hey, hey, hey. Glory to God. No identity crisis in Christ. Isn't that awesome? And in Philemon's 1.6, I want you to turn there. If we can pull that up, that'd be awesome. Otherwise, I'll quote it for you. Philemon 6 says this. That the communication of your faith may become effectual. So in order for my faith and your faith to become effectual and divinely energized, it must be communicated and it must be declared. Now, how is that? How do you do that, Pastor? Simply by this. By the acknowledging... By taking ownership, by the declaration, and by the confession of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Woo! It's the unsearchable riches of Christ. You can spend the rest of your life meditating and digging around in the epistles. And you'll just barely scratch the surface of those unsearchable riches of Christ. But you can sure get a lot of revelation while you're doing it. And God will change your life. That's a great way to deal with stress. Charles Capp said this. He said, faith-filled words will put you over, but fear-filled words will defeat you. He furthermore said, words are the most powerful thing in the universe. It's important for you guys to be here. You've done well. You're in church, and you're hearing the anointed word, right? And what's coming as a result of you hearing the word? Faith is coming. Faith for what? Faith to live free from stress. And it's awesome to subject ourselves to teachers and ministers in the body of Christ and feed on the anointed word. But you yourself are anointed. And this word is anointed for you individually. And you don't have to wait to come to church for faith to come. I'm going to read this statement. This is really, really important. Faith comes... When you hear yourself quoting and speaking and saying the same things God said about you. Say it with me. If my mouth will feed my heart, faith when I don't need it, my heart will feed my mouth, faith when I do need it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now let's just look in closing at some scriptures that we want to declare together corporately before we go home. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Confess God's word regularly. Confess who you are in Christ. There's power in the anointed word. And it'll lift you up. Amen. I can't tell you the times where I've just sat in my living room or sat in my family room in the morning and just poured over the scriptures maybe i woke up you know maybe if not feeling real good anybody ever done that you know kind of the bc before coffee but just you know maybe maybe feeling a little fuzzy and uh you know we've learned to, to not walk by feelings but we've learned to walk by faith come on and not by sight but if you just stay there and kind of entertain the fuzziness and you entertain possibly even discouragement that's come into your life, if you entertain that and don't replace it with something that will overcome that, the whole day will just be kind of down. The whole day will just be kind of blurry and just kind of going through the motions of the day. 
So at the top of the day, pour over the scriptures. So he said, well, pastor, I don't have time. I go to work at seven. Get up 10 minutes earlier. And the first thing you do is open your Bible. And pour over the scriptures and start confessing and taking ownership of who you are in Christ Jesus. The devil will not hang around a spirit-filled believer who's serious about his word time. The devil will not be able to overcome you, you by the blood of the lamb, and you by the word of your testimony. The rhema word coming out of your mouth will always cause that rat to run and to flee as in terror. Come on, somebody, help a preacher out. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, here's what we're going to say today. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, what is he? Amen. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. You're like a new species that never existed before. Now notice the rest of the verse. It says, old things are what? Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. So raise your right hand up with me and say it with me. Thank God I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't act like the old man. I am dead, and my life is hid with Christ in God. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. You are somebody, and you are something in the eyes of God. God does not see you through the filter of the flesh. He sees you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees you through blood covenant. He sees you through the substitutionary sacrifice of his son. He saw you on the cross. He saw you going into the tomb. He saw you being buried. And then he saw you being raised up together with Christ in heavenly places. That's the way he sees us. Oh, glory. And so, Doug, we're going to see ourselves the way he sees us. And then we're going to carry ourselves the way he sees us. You know what that means? Shoulders back. Smiles on our face. Even when you don't feel like it. You say anyway, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Everyone go ha ha three times. Now look at verse 21 in 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For he, God, made Jesus to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made. See when I was born into this earth. I wasn't made a female. I was made a male. When Brenda Raylene Edwards was born into this world. She was born a female. Not a male. And when you are born. Ha ha. Out of darkness. Into the light of God's word. Into his kingdom. You have been made the righteousness of God in him. Ooh. Righteousness is not something that you and I attain to through our good looks, our good works, or how much money we have, or how many times we go to church. Righteousness is a free gift. And it gives you right standing with God. Raise that right hand again. Let's declare it. Come on, strong. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with my good, good father. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, here's what will happen. 
When you wake to righteousness, when you awake to the revelation of your redemptive realities, sin and weights will not have a hold on you anymore. Because you're just too right and you're too righteous in God's sight to listen to the lies of the devil and yield to him anymore. Ephesians 2.10. Quickly, Ephesians 2nd chapter, 10th verse. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his what? One translation says we are his masterpiece or we are the very handiwork of God. When we were in Spain, we went to Picasso's thing, right? He had a lot of strange paintings. And some of the paintings were really pretty good. We enjoyed going into the, to the studio and looking at them. But the best of Picasso and the best of Michelangelo and the best of the best artists cannot touch the grand artisan of the universe, your heavenly father. When he made you, he made you an original. He did not make you a copy. Hallelujah. Listen, you're his workmanship. You're his poem. You are his masterpiece. And so don't bother about what other people have and what other people are doing. Thank God for what you have and what you can do. And stay in the lane that the grand master of the universe has placed you in. You function in your place and you hold up and you magnify what God's called you to do. So lift your right hand to the Lord and say, I am the masterpiece of my heavenly father. I am his workmanship. No one like me. I am somebody in the eyes of my father. Oh man, this will build you up a little bit. This will get you ready for the week. No Monday blues. Amen. Why? Because you're on the heavenly news. I almost said heavenly booze, but that doesn't fit there. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Laugh a little bit. Ha, 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 ha. Let's just laugh at the lies of the devil. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. R.W. Shambach said, I got a message for the devil and it's under my feet. Amen. I like another thing he said. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1, 6. Notice this. This is awesome. It says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us. Again, He has made you accepted in the Beloved. You didn't qualify for His acceptance. He paid for your acceptance. And you are accepted in the Beloved. You are not looking at a reject here. I'm not looking at a group of rejects. So raise your right hand and say, I am. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm not a reject. But I am greatly loved. I am highly favored by my good, good father. The tangibility of revelation will get in your heart and as you speak it out of your mouth it will go forth and it will do exactly what you said it would do you just said that you're loved 
and that you're highly favored. So expect me, this is the Lord speaking, expect me to give you favor this week. Expect me to do things in your life that have not ever been done before. Yea, expect the favor of God to go before you and open great doors. Amen. I believe that's what the Lord is saying. Oh, hallelujah. And here's another thing. When you carry yourself as being accepted and not rejected, people will be drawn to that. People are drawn to people that exude confidence. Now, they may not know what this confidence is or where it comes from, but you know. And so, live in His acceptance. Live in His righteousness. Live in this new birth reality. For you are heirs of God. And you are joint heirs with Jesus. Lift your right hand toward heaven and say, Thank you, Father. I am a child of God. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a joint heir. Do you remember that Jesus said, All that the Father has is mine? All that he has, Jesus said, is his. Well, if it's his, it's mine, because I'm in him and he's in me. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid in Christ in God. And then let's look at one more before we all stand up. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Colossians 1 verse 13. Here it is. Who has, notice with me, that's past tense. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm trying to be delivered from smoking. No, just by faith, receive your deliverance, throw your cigarettes away, and walk in freedom. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm trying to get victory over this. Stop trying to get victory over this and over that, and just accept your victory and walk in it. And believe for the Holy Spirit to empower you to resist the temptation when it comes your way. Amen? Notice with me, who has, who has already, has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Say this with me, I've been delivered from all darkness and I'm now a child of God, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city. And I'm blessed in the field. The more you confess these things. And, you know, these services kind of run together. So if I said this before earlier, I apologize, but I'll say it again. Even if I said it before, Gloria Copeland said this inconsistency or the more consistent you are therein lies the power. And we ask you to do two things this year. We've asked you to take those prayers that we handed out to you a couple of months ago and pray them over your life. And pray them over your church. 
We're asking you to take those scriptures on saying the same thing and say them over your church. The corporate faith and the spirit of faith will take root in our lives. But you see, the more consistent you are with these truths that I'm giving you and the Word of God gives you, the more consistent you are with it, the more power will be released into your life on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord. So let's all stand up in closing this series. And let's make some declarations. Let's, uh, let's get in faith together. Amen? The Word of God is profitable, isn't it? And it profits us when we mix faith when we hear it. The first thing I want to invite you to do, if there is a person here that has not yet made Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are all going to confess He is Lord. Amen? So just bow your heads for a moment. If you want to pray to receive Jesus, I'm going to look from my left to my right. If you want to pray to receive Jesus, we're going to ask you right now to raise your hand all over this auditorium. All over this auditorium. Say, yes, I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I take from that that everyone in the house is born again. So are you ready to release your faith? Say this with me, Jesus, Jesus he, is Lord he is Lord over my spirit, over my, spirit, over my, soul, over my soul, and over my body. He is keeping me whole until he returns. And I am part of the body of Christ. And the devil has no power over me. For I overcome evil with good. I have cast all my burdens upon the Lord. And I'm expecting His sustaining power to take me all the way to the finish line. I am born of God. And I have World overcoming faith residing on the inside of me. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Heavenly Father, I make any adjustments before the throne of grace today. I choose to cut off and to close the door and slam it shut on all of those triggers that have brought stress into my life. Holy Spirit, show me, help me, lead me, and guide me. And I receive heaven's help and heaven's empowerment, which enables me to not only close the door, but to keep the door shut. And everyone go like this with your hands. This is the closed door right there. Hallelujah. I tell you, the devil heard that in the realm of the spirit. Choose the thoughts of God and confess his word daily. And you'll live a stress-free life.